0: Welcome back to View from the Sofa. It's just me today. No Jamie, he's missing in action, but he'll be back for the first day of the third test in our men about. We have a very special guest on today: uh, ex England assistant coach, Hampshire player, and now head of cricket at Milford School, Mark Galloway, Thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure. Yeah, good to be here. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Uh, so obviously, we're watching England versus India right now. It's been a pretty good tour so far. I think one all going into the third Test match. Your first tour was in India in 2006, actually. Um, the, watching it on TV, there looks to be a lot of differences from India than there is in England. What do you think is the biggest difference and what do you think was the biggest difference that affected your team in 2006?
1: Uh, it was. I mean, it's a tough tour in India. Um, the conditions are very different, not just the playing ones, but everything that you encounter. And I should imagine that's even tougher now. Uh, bearing in mind the circumstances that we find ourselves in, within the bubbles that uh, they're now operating in, and and I think we're we're seeing some of the evidence of that, you know, happening. Um, you know, Mowing, for example, but but also you know the, the sort of measures that they happen to take around their players now are very different to what we had in 2006, but. Um, we played at slightly, slightly different time of of year as well. So it was really hot in, in some places. I know it's been hot out there, but it was like ridiculously hot out there. And then you've also got, you know, the things like, um, uh, hygiene as well, which are obviously on top of now, and they're probably managing that side of things better than we did just because of the circumstances that we're all, we're all living through at the moment and how much more diligent we are, um, around those things. But we had, in 2006, Sean Eudley, who I played with at Hampshire, was on the tour. And effectively, after, I think, the first warm-up game we played against India Rave, the next time we saw him was just before the final test match because he was desperately ill. In hospital for virtually the whole of the tour and then uh, came back, had a few days with us and then actually played a, a pretty monumental role in, in winning the, the last test
0: match in Mumbai um, to, to level the series one all. Yeah, and just to follow up to that, did you, well, so everything's different there, including the pitch and sort of, I think spin is much more relied on in India than it, than it is in England. Did you prepare differently or did you sort of, where, when you were planning for the match, did did batsmen say, OK, I'm going to play different to uh, I would in England?
1: They did, but nowhere near in the way that it, it is being done now. I mean, you know, the planning sort of now goes months and months and months ahead. And I think we're we're much clearer about the, the way that um, the best players in the world play spin. And I think you look at the, the role that um, analysis has had in Joe Root's development of his spin game and... And I recall him coming in to the England side after I'd left when they went to India. And, they, and there was a huge body of work which um, uh, Nathan Lehman led up in finding out how the best players have spin play spin in the subcontinent conditions. And, uh, you know, with all the numbers and everything that you now see, which is commonplace on telly, it sort of worked it all out. But effectively, the, the simple message was you either get all the way to the pitch of the ball you get all the way away from it and get as deep into your crease as possible. And if you get caught in the middle, then you defend. Whereas when we look back over the way that England had played in subcontinent conditions, whether it had been in Dubai against Pakistan, whether it had been in Pakistan in the series before that India when we're talking about, or in India itself or Sri Lanka against Murali and all of these great bowlers, uh, generally we would be quite crease bound and we would uh, attack from the crease, and that wasn 't what we were seeing when we looked across all of the best players in the world. So Joe Root came in at the real start of that body of work that Nathan put together, and then the coaches started working on and he actually I think he played made his test debut in in a medabad actually if I remember rightly and um, and he got seventy odd on debut because he had been working at these skills for about three months and, and we all know now that how hard Joe Root works at his game, but he was doing it way back even before he got into that England setup, And so he was really well-versed in that particular way of playing. And now, of course, he's developed his own method within that, that broader context, which is, has included all of his different sweep options that we've seen in Sri Lanka recently and then now uh, in India as well. So, uh, yeah, we play spin very differently now. And also, you've got to remember that back in that tour, there wasn't IPL. I mean, it seems bizarre, doesn't it, that you know players weren't in india as much as they are now or in the subcontinent as much as they are now so um they got better as opposed you know because they've seen players play we're watching cricket from all around the world uh you know i looked at the telly today and the pakistan premier league's on um you know and we're we're seeing cricket from that part of the world and and whilst we're watching it we're also working those mental representations of what's playing spin in t20 and test matches and and one day international cricket looks like so um yeah it's very very different i remember we on that tour we played against india in delhi and i think it was the first first one day international and we bowled brilliantly i think we bowled them out for 210 or 220 and it should have been an absolute walk in the park um but we got bowled out we got bowled out and i think six of us got out getting out sweeping and you know, and that was our only method, really. We didn't have anything other than the sweep. And obviously Duncan Fletcher came in and did loads of work around the sweep shot, which gave us a base. But now that base has been broadened. And, and I think we've seen it brilliantly with Joe, but also in some other players that are working in that environment now. I know that they got beaten heavily in the last test match, but I think there's been evidence over the course of the last uh, few test matches in Sri Lanka and now in India that other players within the setup are also pretty sure about their game plan. And, and they'll only be more sure about their game plan against bin in, in two test
0: matches' time, which is really exciting going forward. Uh, and you talk about, so the IPL wasn't around in 2006 when you talked there. I think the IPL sort of makes these Indian players a lot more, I mean, obviously a lot more well-known. And they look like giants like Virat Kohli nowadays. But in 2006, you played against some pretty, pretty huge players like... Sachin Tendorka, I think, played Rahul Dravid. I think Emma Stoney was playing then. Did, did was there ever a bit of intimidation in the camp, or did you sort of think it's just like it's a bit of a cliche expression, but play the ball, not the not the bowler? Uh, yes and
1: no. I, I I think somebody like Sachin. I mean, you know what I'm. I mean, he's a god, isn't he, in his own country? So, it's it's um, it, that was remarkable to be around. Uh, the emergence of MS was quite interesting at that time as well, and um, you know the crowds were going ballistic for him, and I think he was like a rock star at the time um, in the way he had his long hair, if you remember rightly, when he first first came into it and um, and bashed it basically, and then he developed into this very rounded, very sophisticated player that could deal with with pressure, but he was an amazing bloke. I, I got to spend a bit of time with him on that tour and it was it was fascinating to to get into his, his psyche, and you could see that he was going to be around for many, many moons to go. But, I mean, that whole side was, I mean, it was ridiculous. You had Verinda Sawag. I mean, what a player at the top of the order. You know, it didn't matter whether it was a test match or a T20. If he got a ball that was missing off stump by a millimetre, he'd square cut it. Um, it was remarkable. And then Raul Dravid... You know, to me was was one of the best players to watch. Um, as much as I always wanted him to get out, obviously, if he, if he did get a few runs, then you could learn a bit from that. And then they had BBS Laxman, who is one of the most underrated players because probably his record over in England when he came over here and played in uh, away Test matches wasn't fantastic. But what a player. I mean, that bloke could time a cricket ball like nobody's business. Um, and then obviously, you know, you, you had Harbhajan was their main spinner who was a, who was a fantastic bowler. And, and you had Zahir Khan who again was really underrated. I mean, what a super bowler. But going back to your point, was it easy to be sort of star strapped? The answer is probably no, because when you looked at the side that we had, we just come off the back of winning a, winning the Ashes for the first time in, in a very long time. And we were playing pretty good cricket, I have to say. And in that first Test match, uh, we played um, in Nagpur. Uh, Alistair Cook made his debut and got 100 in the second innings after getting 60 in, in the first. But we, we pretty dominated that, that match, actually. I think they needed to get 400 off the last in the last day and the wickets slowed down and uh, I think we got them six down but we played some really good cricket in that we went to Mahali where we thought we had a good chance because the wicket would bounce a little bit and actually their seamers out bowled our seamers and uh, as a result of that I think Anil Kumble bowled very well there's another brilliant bowler Anil Kumble was in that series yeah. I mean, you know fantastic fantastic bowler Um, And we lost that one. But then we went to Mumbai and, you know, everybody really pulled in 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 Mumbai. I thought that was a a magnificent, um, uh, magnificent win and probably then led on to the next tour being so successful and the next tour being so successful. And now we go out to India and we're not sort of, you know, thinking that we're going to lose every single test match like we would have done before. Um, but we competed very, very hard in that series against a very good Indian side in their own conditions. And, you know, that, that was, I, we took a lot of confidence from that, I think. And and some of the players that, you know, Jimmy Anderson's who were on that tour, they learned so much, you know, on that tour, which again, you, you project that a lot of years on, you couldn't have imagined that Jimmy would still be playing and doing his stuff now, but, um, but he definitely learned, learned a lot on that tour. And, uh, yeah, There they are different conditions, but they're brilliant conditions. And I, and I quite like the way that the Test match pitch, the last one, wasn't great. You know, it wasn't a fantastic pitch. It spun from from the first morning, really, which, you know, and all of that. But that is that is a, what it's about, Test cricket. You go all over the world, you're playing different conditions. And the quickest ones who learn end up being the best players, pretty much. And they end up with this all-round game that then they can take wherever they go around the world. And that's why your beer rats go well when they go all over the place that's why your steve smiths tend to get runs wherever they go your joe roots and your Kane williamson's because they learn quick in these environments and that's what test cricket is about so yes you know it is a wicket that's fun but ultimately you know what do you expect
0: yeah and so you talk about the pitch being it, it wasn't great i think we can say in chennai last test match uh, I think that had quite a lot to do with Virat Kohli and the coaches sort of telling the groundsman that that was the pitch that they wanted, because it it, cha- it had changed a lot since the first test match. I believe, was, I assume, Sachin was the captain in two thousand and six. Did he have anything to say, or did he have any say in sort of curating the pitch?
1: Yeah, he wasn't actually. It was Rahul was was two
0: thousand and six uh, um, captain. Yeah,
1: because yeah, they had um, Greg Chappell. And in fact, the, the sort of sub story around that tour was was whether. Um, Sachin was going to stay in the side, and yeah. in fact, in that first Test match in Nagpur, he kept going further and further down the order in the second innings when they were trying to chase for runs, which I couldn't believe. I'm sitting there, he's over here, and he still got his pads on. I kept saying to Duncan Fletcher, "He's not going in next," and it yeah. was like remarkable that they were sending people ahead of Sachin Tendulkar. to yeah. go going back, but anyway, you know that that was a, a dodgy period, I think, in in decision making um, around Sachin Dendorka but. But, um, going, I mean, yes, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think necessarily that they, they doctored the pitch or got the pitch to do But I, I just think the groundsman was a victim of the fact that they were playing back to back test matches on the yeah. same ground. I, I, I think didn't help his cause. I'm sure they wanted the ball to spin a, a little bit more, but the, the challenge with that is if you lose a the toss, then you are, you are against the game. So I think there was more to do with the back to back test matches in the, same environment. Obviously during that five day period, there's no preparation going on, which is yeah. completely different to what you would normally get in a lead up to um a, a test match. You know, the ground wouldn't be played on in a domestic sense. So the groundsman would have that. So I, I think that was more to do with it because you do run the risk. Whenever you you put the conditions in the favor of the bowler you do run the risk that, you, that um, you, you get the wrong side of the toss and then it becomes very, very difficult. And I think having been one nil down, it would have been a very risky strategy to say, let's make this thing spin from ball one and hope that we win the toss because that's what you're pretty much hoping on. And I'm not saying that India wouldn't have had the skills to
0: to win the game from there, but it would have been a damn sight harder. Yeah, and so, so if we just go back to the 2006 tour, so, you said you drew the first test, but you were sort of, or you were, you dominated that test, I think it would be fair to say. And then you came into the second test match, and India dominated that. They won by nine wickets, I think, just yeah. looking at the stat here. Yeah. Well, so it was such a big tour. You're playing against one of the best teams, well, probably the best team in the world. Uh, well, at that time, uh, arguably. Uh, you're coming into the third test, 1 0 down. You need to win the test. You did win the test, actually, by 212 runs. So, yeah, 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 he did. All right. What was the atmosphere like in the dressing room before yeah. that test? So, what was the mood? there? Were you feeling positive or were you sort of feeling like you should go home? I think we realised
1: that we we hadn't done ourselves justice in the previous match. Yeah. Um, we also thought that if we won the toss, then you know we could we can go pretty well because we won the toss in uh, in that and we we. Get set, set the tone for the game and, and we hope to win the toss and we did you know and, and then Andrew Strauss got 100 I think OHR got some runs in that game I think Oli got some runs in that game as well um, and really really set it up but the thing that I remember most about it which I, I think you know not many people will know but um, we needed to bowl them out on the last day and I, I think we had them two down at lunch and, that, and Sachin and Raul with batting I mean I might be wrong on this because my memory is a bit dodgy but they were batting and at lunchtime the change room was a bit flat it was a bit flat because we needed to get eight more wickets you got two of the best players that had played in the previous generation batting yes. um, you know the ground was now full because Sachin was batting in his hometown um, and and it was pretty tough and um, back in the day you used to have a, a speaker that you plugged an iPod into and and um, uh, Matthew Hoggard walked over to the speaker with about three minutes to go before the bell and played Johnny Cash Ring, ring of Fire on the, on the um, speaker and bled it out. And Andrew Flintoff and him loved Johnny Cash and they started dancing around and everybody to a man stood up and sang and danced. And, and I opened the, wind, the door and I had the window open because it was boiling hot. So I opened the door, which went straight into their changing room. And the guys sang and jumped around. And you could see the Indians just looking across going, what on earth is going on? Yeah. And the song was about, I don't know, three quarters of the way through when the bell went, the umpires went, and the guys followed. And they sang the end of the song all the way down onto the pitch. And then I believe we got eight wickets for 56 to win the game wow. within the next hour and 15 minutes. Wow. And, and it was, you know, it, it may have happened anyway without that. I don't know. But there was a trigger there which very much galvanized everybody together. Uh, and they went out there and Sean Udall got some, got some wickets. Uh, and I think Hockey got got a couple of wickets, and we took some great catches. And Monty, for some reason, was at deep mid on, and MS Doney whacked one straight up in the air to him, and he dropped that. And then two balls later, MS did the same thing again, and Monty caught it and went on a lap of the <laughs> lap of the ground. And we ended up winning winning it. But it, that was remarkable, and, that, and that, to this day, that's one of the most amazing dressing room moments that I've had. You know, since then, you can't recreate it. That yeah. that was magic. Absolute magic, and and I felt very privileged to be in there and dancing around like an idiot and singing the song. But more importantly, to watch the, the way that the guys responded to it and, and pulled off an incredible win, you know, and and um, and and which triggered one of the best celebration evenings that I've ever been involved in. So it was um it was a, a real special moment to to draw a series over there. I think is is special only. Only one side has gone over there. England side has gone over there since and, and won. And then previously, you're looking back at 1986, 87, I think, or 85, 86 or something to the previous one. So it's really it's a really tough the play against those guys that you've mentioned and to get a win was was pretty special. It's certainly one
0: of the highlights um, of the time I was with England. That must have been amazing. I, I, I'd... Love to imagine what would have happened the after party with Freddie Flintoff there as well. That must have been.
1: Yeah, he was entertaining
0: that evening. We went on a yeah. boat in the bay actually. That I
1: think Ravi Shastri uh, helped to organise and, and all of the wives and girlfriends were over and and Freddie um, pretty much hosted the evening. He was he was at his sensational
0: best. It was wonderful. Yeah, that must have been amazing. Did you sort of did you meet up with the Indians afterwards? Did you have a sort of dressing room conversations afterwards, or were they pretty? Depleted, she. Really.
1: Um, no, we didn't. After that, actually, because we still had seven one-day internationals to go at that point. Yeah, but but we always shared hotels with them, and being in the subcontinent is very is very different. So if you're if you're playing against the Australians, generally you'll go into the change rooms after the series and have a drink and what have you. Yeah. But actually, with the Indians, they are they're fierce competitors on the pitch. But then you get back to the hotels, and they're quite relaxed. So you end up forging relationships would probably be too strong a word, but having conversations with people over a coffee or, you know, next to a pool in the hotel or whatever the case may be, which is different to, to other sides. The other thing that they do as well is that they have, they love cake to celebrate. with. And you may have seen them sort of smearing cake in each other's faces and stuff like this, but they love that. So any birthday, any win, any celebration, you get back to the hotel and there's this huge cake in the in the foyer, and basically everybody gets handed a piece. Whether you you were a winning side, whether the, the birthday is in the Indian team or in the England in the England setup, um, and that was I, I really enjoyed that element of of that bit of touring and on that tour because you know we didn't sit down and have you know beers at the end of the series. We we actually just mingled with each other during the series and then played some ferocious cricket on the pitch afterwards so and a bit like I mean the next test series that well the next series that I went back was actually when the Mumbai attacks were on and that was a one-day series that that happened in but we got locked down in the same hotel with them because nobody knew what was going on and and obviously being westerners we it, there was a potential threat as it was there was no threat but we we got locked down each one of us had a had a security guard with a machine gun outside our rooms and everywhere we went. Um, but the two teams were, were locked down in the same place. So, again, we we mingled. And I, I remember playing badminton against Sachin. I mean, I mean wow. you just can't make it up, really, can you? Because you're, yeah. you're stuck in this hotel for, like, four days. So the two things I did was play badminton against Sachin And Paul Collingwood taught me how to play table tennis over two days. Um, and... Um, yeah, so that, that was remarkable. I remember going into the gym and uh, Yuvraj, who hated training, uh, so I'm on one running machine and he gets on another one and he like plods along and what have you. And at the end of it, I said, I've never seen you on a running machine before. And he said, I'm so bored, I don't know what else to do. You know, good, um, so But it's those things. I, I used to like being in the hotels with the Indians. It, it was always good fun. It was always colourful. Um, and they love their cricket. And, you know, you could always sit around a pool with a cup of coffee or or a Diet Coke or something and have a conversation with an absolute legend. And they, and they would give you their time. And, and equally, you know, somebody like Raoul Dravid would ask you, Look, ask me. I don't know why. My opinion on various things. It was crazy. Um, but that is a very different experience, maybe, to what they have nowadays. I don't know. But that's how it was back in the
0: day. Uh, yeah, that must have been an amazing tour, I think. That's, that sounds really good. Uh, so if we fast forward to now, to this tour, the series poised at one all, travelling to Ahmedabad. I think it's a day night of the third test, and it's just a normal yeah. test for the last test. What would you be saying from a coach's perspective uh, to the players, and how would you be preparing for this day-nighter? Well, I think
1: in many ways, the day-night element of it Makes it sort of like you could win the game in multiple different types of ways. We we don't quite know how the ball's going to react in those conditions in that stadium, um, and and it's it's sort of probably going to level the playing field a little bit. So it, I mean, there is a potential you might you might lose the toss and win the game in this one because yeah. of that unknown element, and and I think that brings both both sets of seamers into play. You know, however many end up. End up playing, you know, Jofra bringing him into play for for time, um, and whoever else is bowling for England. Equally, you know, India have got some great seamers now, haven't they? I mean, it's not just a, a trial by spin nowadays when you play against India. They've got some fantastic seamers, in fact, they can leave some unbelievable seamers out of their team nowadays, which is which is very different to 15-20 years ago. So, I think it's an exciting Test match because. I think it's very difficult to predict, uh, certainly more difficult to predict than the last one in terms of the toss being so important. Um, and we see that around the world, you know, that dewy time or that time around dusk tends to be quite pivotal. Um, so whoever gets the best opportunities around those times, as as the light starts to fade, as the, as the lights start to take effect, often comes out on top in these types of games, yet you know, we're, we're in India and, and it might not have as pronounced effect as it has done in Adelaide and then at Headingley in places that they've played these games in Edgbaston before. So we'll have to wait and see. But to me, that's exciting because it would be, if it was played on another big spinner, you would say if England lost a toss, you lose the game. Whereas I'm not sure whether it's quite as cut and dried as that. And, and that excites me. And I think it's probably exactly what this series needs, to be honest. Um so yeah I, I, I can't I can't wait to see, see what happens next.
0: yeah, I can't wait. Either. and it, it's good that it starts at nine o'clock now, so we'll be able to <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to watch a, a bit more of it and so the second test was dominated by spinners 32 out of the 40 wickets was taken by spinners right. I think that's just because of the pitch, but they also India have amazing spinners. we have some pretty decent spinners in Jack leach Don best Mo, Nally. Mo Nally's now gone home. Uh, if you're a coach any changes coming out? Well, I know you mentioned that it might be better for the seamers, but the seamers hardly did anything in the second test. W- w- would you be making any changes to your team? Yeah, I think Dom's got to come back, isn't he, and, and, and play. I mean,
1: his consistency hasn't been there, but you know, largely, it hasn't been there for the whole of his test, his test career to date, yeah. really. You know, he's a very, very young spinner, and he's done so well. You know, I, I can remember first watching this kid down in Devon when he was sort of like 11 years old and I've known the family since so you know I first moved down here in 2000 because they've got so many good players and good cricket folk uh, within the, the best family and and he's going to you know he's going to be a great bowler because he's had success without necessarily being consistent which I think is a tough thing for a finger spinner um, and he's developed the way of getting wickets and he's definitely got better, you know from from those first couple of matches that he played in the English season two or three years ago to now, he he's much better. But but he's gotta um he's he's gonna he's gonna get another opportunity in this match. I can't see how they're not gonna not gonna yeah. play him in this match and, and both him and, and Leachi will will bowl together. I think for Leachie I mean Leachy's bowl really well and even even when Pamp was just getting after him. You know, another day and one goes up in the air, or it it doesn't go over the line and it goes into into somebody else's hands or whatever. Leachy's a quality bowler, and and you know you can build an innings, a, a bowling innings around him now. And I think Joe's getting more confidence with him, and then you can use. Um, you can use Dom to come in and, and bowl maybe slightly shorter spells and inter- dis- disperse the the seamers am- amongst him. But I think the biggest thing, and again, this this match might not be quite like the last one, but if the spinners can bowl when the when the seam is a bit harder, then it's definitely made a difference so far. And I think there'll be certain times of the day in the daytime where that will happen again. And then maybe when when the lights take effect, then, then that hardness of seam might be better suited to a seam. And so I think Joe's going to have to be very flexible with the way that he, he utilizes the newer ball whenever he gets it. Um, and, and it might be that reverse swing doesn't have quite so long to take effect in this game as it, as it did in the first test match in, in particular, where we saw reverse swing both for Jimmy and for Bumra in particular. Um, become a real threat so um, I think there'll
0: be a bit more conventional swing on, on show but maybe not too much. Yeah well, I think there's a lot to talk about for the bowlers I mean of course J- Jeremy coming back in do you keep Ollie Stone in what do you do with Brody does Wokes come back in I can't see Wokes making a, an appearance back and there's a lot of talk about the bowlers but n- no real talk about the batsmen when the batsmen have been having the brunt of the problem in the second test Burns uh, two ducks and then uh, I think it was five rounds Burns just didn't do well Sibley didn't do too well Joe Root surprisingly didn't do too well I, the top order didn't do well Folks and Pope two sorry players actually my, my club sorry uh, they they did quite well but there are quite a few problems in the batting line would you would you be changing anything? I don't think there could be many changes though
1: well, I, I think it depend on whether Zach's fit or not and whether he's been able to to bat I mean there is an option to bring Zach Crawley back into the Back into the fray, you know he he's looked like a test player, hasn't he? And and the way yeah. that he's gone about stuff, and he's only going to learn through the experience of playing in subcontinent conditions, and and he's demonstrated that he can learn quickly in test match cricket. And I think, you know that that to me is a pretty good indicator that he's going to be around for for a fair while. I do think going back to that last test, it was really hard to face a spin against a hard a hard seeming ball, and obviously. Folks played very well, and uh, and Popey, you know, looked looked like he had some time at the wicket and could do could do something in in that game as well. But equally, they were playing when the when the seam had got a little bit a little bit softer. So um, I don't think um, I don't think it was very easy against quality spin bowling it quickly into the pitch against that hard hard seam um, for the guys. And when you've got somebody who's gets spin game is as good as. Joe Root struggling in those conditions, and you know that that that's that's a tough place to tough place to bat. So I don't think there's a huge amount that they can do other than from from Zach's point of view. Um, Rory has obviously got a bit of a challenge, not just in this series but in other series as well, with the right arm round of off spinner. And yeah. and he's bought slip into play and and he's probably got some alignment stuff that he's working on at the moment to try and make the off spinner's job more difficult to be able to to find that edge. Um, you know, and and I'm sure that the, the batting coaches out there, Jonathan Schrott's been out there, isn't he? I'm sure that they're talking to him around some alignment stuff because he's just not quite lining up that delivery and hasn't been against good off spinners um for a while now. So uh, there's some work to be done there. I'm sure, and I, I'm, I would say give him another go because you want to do that work and then test it. But if he's just going to have it in the nets, then you're not going to actually see whether that work is done. So I'd be really surprised if he hasn't been doing some alignment work. Uh, and if so, then I, I would give him a go. And I think England have been really, really good at sticking with players for, for a long enough time. Um, and probably Duncan Fletcher started that process, bef- you know, before he came, and it was chop and change, chop and change, chop and change, and that doesn't give people the opportunity to to work between test matches and then to try and apply stuff into place. So I, I, I'd be surprised, other than Zach Crawley, I'd be surprised if
0: uh, there was a there was a change. And finally, the, our last question is pretty annoying question. I definitely don't know the answer for it. None of our guests before have seemed to have the answer to it, but. One all in the series, two tests to go. Uh, where do you see the series going from here?
1: Well, I'd like to say I'd I'd like to see England win this next test because I think I think then that would be make it a fascinating a fascinating finale really. So um, I'm going to say England's going to win this next test. I think they'll win the toss and I think they'll win the game. Um, and then in the last test match, I think it will probably end up being two all um yeah. that is my i think it will be a result in every test and, I, and i'm expecting a tool and that might be me being jingoistic and patriotic and all of those things but it's been a brilliant series you know for channel four they couldn't have asked for anything more in terms of excitement and also just difference you know um and, I, and again with this test match being day night i think they're in for another different experience so you know well done on them for, for televising it i think it's been been great for a, a lot of people to see a lot of cricket especially during lockdown i think the numbers of people that have tuned in have been really good um, yeah. and uh, it would be wonderful to see another great test match and and, a, and an england win uh, jimmy
0: anderson a man of the match how about that yeah i think england would definitely take a tour draw and winning the day nighter uh, so that's all we have time for today uh, thank you very much for listening to view from the sofa we're going to be back tomorrow morning or tomorrow evening even to review the first day of the third test in our mediband mark Goway, thank you so much for coming on it's been really kind of you and give your expert analysis on the third test coming up
1: absolute pleasure and uh, it's been great and i look forward to listening to you tomorrow yeah
0: thank you very much goodbye